The Notorious OTV on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100, win $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I'm your host, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn. Welcome to the show. More importantly, welcome to my good friend, probably outside of writer Dave, probably my oldest friend in handicapping, Mr. Tom McNamara. Boston Tom. Tommy, how you doing, buddy? What's up, Chase, man? Good to see you. How, how are you, man? Man, it's good. It's, uh, I think, officially a, a year now since uh, we got to hang out at, at Del Mar, since I, I, I uh, you know, squatted in your in your embassy suite's uh, suite portion on, the, on the, uh, the sofa bed where you were nice enough to put me up when I just showed up to the Breeders' Cup with no hotel, hotel accommodations. It's, it's all good, man. On, a, on behalf of Acacia Courtney, I, uh, it's okay. Yeah, I, due to a restraining order because of what went down at Embassy Suites. I'm not sure if I could talk about that. Just kidding. See, he, I've told this story on the pod a few times. So I'm glad that Tom, who was here for that, got to, is, is verifying my story that I, I did in a non-menacing way terrify Acacia Courtney. But let's talk about today's show because first of all, holy hell, it is Breeders' Cup Week. Look, we made it. We made it. It felt like it felt like it got here in a hurry in a hurry but man it, we had to wait a whole year we're back to it I, I how excited are you for the breeders cup this year i'm pumped man it's uh it's exciting you know it's like the last it's like the end of the racing season uh we get to see all the classy horses and uh you know it's just like one last hurrah to kind of send your money through the windows until you know the, the big races start up back again you know in february yeah, it's, it's but it's so crazy because if you think about it, as soon as this wraps up, we literally have the Kentucky Derby to start speculating on because we'll have the winner of the of the, you know, the BC juvenile, all the, the Kentucky Derby, you know, road to the Kentucky Derby races will start firing up. So we'll have that uh, six months of that is just, man, I, you know, I, I'm on the sports gambling podcast network. I, I I hear people complain about how long like football season and, and baseball season are. I'm like, dude. You're, you realize what we do doesn't end, and it's roughly 24 hours a day if you want to play it that way. You know, man, it really is. And, you know, right after the Breeders' Cup, you know, we'll be looking forward to Jack Christopher at the uh, probably Cigar Mile, right? So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's a never-ending sport, and there, yeah, there's I, always something to bet on. I, I mean, for the love of God, we're, we're literally like 30 days out from, from Oakland starting, too, which is like – I it'd be nice to get a break, but yeah, then again, I, I – whenever I tell people that I'm working, that's usually something that deserves air quotes. So to be fair, uh, yeah, let's, let's get into the Oakland ponies eventually. Uh, so are, are you, jam. yeah, man, it's, it's my shit. It is brutal. It is a, a brutal mistress sometimes, but, uh, whenever you figure it out, you really figure it out. So are, are you a flight line as a foregone conclusion person? Uh, 
I'm like 90% sure that he's a foregone conclusion. Um, you, you know me, and you know my play style very well, Chase. It's I, I try to like poke every hole in a favorite and, and try to beat beat them, uh, especially me on the uh, you know the old Tom form or the Sheets guys. It's it's going to be tough, even if he bounces six points or you know however many lengths. It's it's going to be extremely tough to beat him, but. Uh, I'm a degenerate, so I will. I'll try to beat him. You know, the this is the, the it's weird that this is the the thing that's irking me about Flightline is that I feel like every time you have the media, horse players, basically everyone in the world talking up Flightline, I feel like this is when horses lose. Like this, this is when when upsets happen, something crazy happens, and and you beat a one to nine favorite that literally everyone picked. It's like on like college game day when everyone picks one team to win that that team always loses. That that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, it's like they're they're running smothered in the world's love, and it's just too much weight in the handicap to overcome. Jeez, man, that's so much more eloquent than I could have put it. But you know, it's it's Sadler shipping to Kentucky, which you know he's done before. It's it's a tricky, it's it's a tricky race. I mean, it's not that tricky, but you know what I mean. It, like whether or not the fact that flight line will not run his race, and, and yeah. there are there there's a few points that might lead you that way, mm-hmm. but you know, at the end of the day, you got to be pragmatic about these things. Um, yeah, it, it it's hard to argue with a horse that's won five races by a cumulative sixty one lengths. That's exactly. that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. We've never seen something like this in our lifetime, I feel like. Exactly. And there's really, I mean, yeah, I guess life is good as running at him and, and Ty Ba is running at him. Uh, it, you know, it's not like he's, you know, faced like the toughest of challenges to date. Uh, it's true. Although, yeah, Stability, what's his name? You know, he, he might disagree when I was chatting with him at the Belmont Stakes that he, he was all over Olympiad. And uh, I looked at him like he had four eyes. Right. So. Yeah. I I don't know. I was the Belmont, the Belmont Stakes. I did. That was not my race at all. I tried to get it. I think I went back in on, on early voting, even though I knew for a fact that early voting couldn't handle the distance. I just like horse is going to get loose. Horse is going to get brave. It just didn't have the didn't have the lungs. I have no idea why they even put early voting in the Belmont. Yeah. Did he even run that race? I forget. But. Uh, it was the, um, the Jonathan Thomas horse. I want to say that was like the, the, the sexy one that everybody thought was going to get loose on the lead there. Right. Right. Well, here's what we're going to do. Me and Boston Tom, this episode, this is BBW Wednesday. <laughs> sexy, right? Bankroll builder Wednesday. And, uh, my boy Tommy here is, is quite the accomplished, uh, handicapper and quite the accomplished tournament player, uh, multiple NHC qualifier, multiple bcbc qualifier i got to to witness his stress of playing in the bcbc live at delmar last year i also got to wave him to a a betting window like i was a third base coach uh whenever we had that late uh the the late only running for purse money uh debacle uh at the end of friday last year chase that that was that was such a hero move you you blocked off that thing like you were you know the you know the the cowboys offensive line you know dude i i had I had Amazon run to the top of the stairs, signal back down to me to relay to you to tell you to run upstairs to get so you could get your get your fucking bet canceled. Oh, that that was so disheartening too. Oh, 
Yeah. But you know, yeah, it's it's whatever. The, actually, the more disheartening thing, and, you know, I'm not a bad beat story guy, but uh, I changed my bet to McKinnon, and mm. he finishes like what by like a neck or a head to to the bomb. That that right. was a real kick in the nuts right there, and my double yeah. into modern games. But what are you gonna do? It's yeah. it's horse racing is is just a perpetual kick in the nuts. Sometimes it feels like. Exactly. So what, and, I, and go ahead. What Tom and I are going to do is we're going to play the Friday Future Stars Friday Breeders' Cup card, the just the Breeders' Cup races like we would be playing if we were in the BCBC. So we have to make three minimum $300 bets and we're going to kind of go through the thought process of, of where these bets would go. Uh and, and kind of, you know, cuz a lot of a lot of horse playing is one game selection. And two, once you select your game, you gotta select your weapon that you're gonna that you're going to wield. How are you going to to make money doing this? And uh, Tom, hey man, he there's a reason that he's qualified for these uh these tournaments is because he's a uh, very good at it. So I'm glad that I got you in here to do this. Uh, well, thank you, Chase. It's very flattering. Um, I know there's probably quite a few more people listening that are probably better at this game than I am, but I, I appreciate you. Uh, giving me the opportunity to uh, spread my wisdom, quote unquote. Hey man, the other people don't have friends who host podcasts. So just remember you're, you're VIP buddy. Uh, we're going to get into this whenever we get back from this quick break on the notorious OTV brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network. We will be right back. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During WinBet Win Hour, marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, service conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through winbet is available. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Sports Gambling Podcast has given you a chance to win your choice of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. Contest is completely free to enter. Subscribe to the YouTube youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast comment on a video each video gives you a new chance to win and turn on your notifications so you don't miss sgpn contacting you when they pull the winner and make sure to enter our world series prop contest winner gets 200 cash and a 200 sgpn gift card enter today exclusively on the sgpn app Welcome back to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's mine. I'm going to spell my name one more time. Check it. It's the N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S. You just lay down slow. All right. So Tom and I are going to play through the, the uh, was it, six? Yes. Six Breeders' Cup races that happen on Friday, like we would be playing in the BCBC, which means in these six races, we have to 
put in three minimum $300 wagers, which you can split them across multiple wagers. It's just as long as you have $300 wagered on one race. That's correct, right? Uh, it's $600. Oh, it's $600? Well, I'll just, I'll, I'll just hit times two on my bets. I had it, had yeah. it for, for $300. But yes, that's that's the idea. Uh, you know, we have to... You have to bet, though, what, $1,800 across these six races. In some form or fashion, you have to do $600 in three races at minimum. Otherwise, I think you're either doctor or DQ'd. But we'll we'll jump into it. Uh, it starts off race six. You have the five-and-a-half furlong, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint, uh, going five-and-a-half at Keeneland on the turf. Was race six a race that you were interested in getting some action into? It most certainly was. Okay. Uh, the the turf sprint is is one of my favorite races to bet. It's one of my favorite races to watch. Um, it, I, I feel like there's always sort of a, an angle or an edge to be had, if you will, uh, on these sort of races. You know, you kind of look for horses that break well and can carry their speed and whatnot. So I, I've historically had success betting these races. Uh, and this is one that I'm looking forward to bet in this case as well. Okay. Uh, this is one that I actually liked quite a bit. Uh, you know, I did my preview for the Euro shippers with uh, Malcolm Bamford on, on my build up to the uh, BC episode series. And he's got me sold on the platinum queen, the Richard Fahey horse with Holly Doyle up seven to two on the money line. I watched the replays of this horse running uh, at Longchamp at Doncaster over the soft turf. And this horse looks like a speed ball on the front end. And I always tell myself that these races are going to melt down and it feels like they never actually do. How, what, what direction did you go with your handicapping here? Yeah. So I, I don't disagree with you that these races are kind of, you know, the speed just holds uh, the angle that I'm taking here in the stance that I'm taking is that euros historically have a very difficult time breaking from American gates. Mm-hmm. And then you can, you compound that with two year turned left. <laughs> <laughs> who have well that as well, but two year olds who also have trouble breaking from the gates historically in America, and I, I just have a hard time getting the Platinum Queen. I, I, okay. She will not be on any of my tickets. Uh, she might be a talented horse. She might be fast. A lot of people I've heard say they like her quite a bit, but it's just not a horse that I can get around to at that post position, drawn to the outside of two speed horses that she's going to get on top. So in your mind, who makes the lead here? Who may I I think Speedboat Beach, the, the Baffert horse, uh okay. the, the former Hooks uh quarter horse trainer or Hooks, uh if you're familiar. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think he's gonna be there, and I think Tawa's tribe is, is gonna probably sit right off of him. And then I think Love Reigns is probably gonna sit the perfect trip and just kind of make make the move right when he needs to. Um, so, so Tyler's uh, love Reigns is my top pick followed by speedboat beach. And then I'll, I'll like walk you through my bets. If you know, you're so willing, yeah. please go, go. Okay. So, uh, you talked about weapons, uh, which, which weapon am I going to pull out first? Uh, first weapon is going to be a key trifecta. Okay. So we, we have to spend 60 bucks. So we're going to do a $40 base. Uh, so we're going to key love Reigns and speedboat beach on top. And then our key is going to be American Apple. Uh, okay. I love this horse's races. I, I think the horse fits on the speed figures uh, uh, you know, I adhere to. Um, so I'm going to key that horse in second. And then in third, I'm going to use uh, Sharp as a tech. 
Private Creed, Oxymore, and Dramatize. Oh, God then, damn it. God damn it, Tommy. You're speaking my language. I fucking love that structure. That is sexy. This tech, you, you know me and how much I love the structure out my truck. I really like this structure here, folks. And and then what we're going to do is we're going to flip that around because we got to get the 600 bucks, mind you. So it's going to be a little over 600 because it's $40 base. I, you know, I, I forget the math how it works exactly, but it's over 600. And then we'll, we'll put the, the four horses I put sharp as Tekka, sharp as a tech, excuse me, private creed, oxymore, dramatized, put those in second with American Apple in third. Nice. I, I was a little bit more basic. I do get fancy with the, with the trifecta later, later in the card, but I, first of all, I just went ahead. I split that, that $600 in half. And I said, I'm going to go $300 to win straight up on the platinum queen. Uh, don't want to, don't want to get a winner and then just waste it. So I get, make sure that I got my win bet in there. And then I'm just keying uh, the platinum queen on top in an exacta. And then I'm wheeling in two horses underneath. I'm using the seven Oxymore for Chad Brown, a horse that looks like can come off, come from off the pace a little bit that could be closing into it. If, if uh, you know, the platinum queen makes the lead, then I expect horses to be closing into her speed. So I'm using Oxymore and then I'm using uh sharp as attack, the nine, uh, another one that has shown the ability to come from a little bit off the pace. Really? I I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm a dirty, filthy little pig boy bitch when it comes to Kentucky downshippers. So, you know, I was definitely going to be using this horse. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm keyed 12 over seven, nine in a uh, $150 exacta. So 300 to win on the platinum queen, then exacta 12 with seven, nine. Chase, do you, do you recall probably, I don't know, 2014. And you told me, Tom, I figured it out. I have the breeders cup shippers track and you said it was parks and you know yeah. what i just said to you the breeders cup shippers track is monmouth so we've come full circle babe that's right that's right we got what was that bar was that the bar of gold year at delmar it was it was bar of gold yeah man i i still like i i don't even remember how i how it came up with it all i remember was that it was a california track that was just not set up for california horses it seemed like and it just made perfect sense for for bar of gold there did i bet bar of gold no but you had it on a few tickets didn't you um no my my friend did though uh I, I did i did not have bar of gold anywhere but i i do recall that very vividly so let's talk about race seven it's the uh net jets breeders cup juvenile fillies grade one eight and a half furlongs on the main track at Keeneland, uh, was this a, a play or pass for you? This is a pass for me. Um, and and the, the main issue with the pass on it is I, I kind of hate this race. or I, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, a lot of the horses are coming out of sloppy figs or muddy figs. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's one of those, you don't whether or know, like whether or no you really can trust the speed figures. Mm-hmm. So I, I chose to just lean off of this race, even though I do think there are some prices to be had. It's hard for me to, on a you know six hundred dollar minimum structure, to to lean on this race to to get a price. You know um, the the only way I play this race is if my my pick to win floats up dramatically from the from the morning line odds. Otherwise, I'm with you. It's it's probably a pass. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought like the two, You're My Girl and the, uh, who's the other horse? And the 13, Leave No Trace, had a shot, but it's that's just leaning too heavy on, you know, backward up horses to, you know, showcase in the Breeders' Cup. So I, I decided to pass on this one. Yeah, let's, we're going to skip it. We're going to move on. Let's take a look at race eight here. This is, I have a feeling you're definitely playing this one. It's the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf yes Mile is on a- the turf at keeneland what what'd you see here set up set up the race from from pace to who you ended up landing on well it's difficult to set up the pace but you, you have to assume it's going to be fast but it's probably not going to be too much faster than the the breeders cup juvenile turf sprint um th- there's a horse i love here and there's a horse i low-key love uh, and i haven't exactly decided on how i want to bet it but at this moment in time uh, I am a full lean on the 13 Jagera. Uh, okay. I was super impressed with their maiden breaker. I was super impressed with her first time out and they went to dirt. And I, I think that this horse is going to get to the lead. I think she's faster than delight. And I think that she's going to run them off their feet. And that's, that's, that's the hope for, uh, for your boy over here. Okay, so you, you're seeing Jagira out on the front. So whenever you're you're structuring out your bets, I mean, I first question would be, do you hit it? Are you hitting Jagira with the win bet? Uh, and do you have any sort of like floor price where you say I, I don't win bet? And past that, if you've got any exotics, I mean, I got to think with a horse you're projecting out on the lead, you're looking for horses outside of that second pace wave, more deeper stalkers, deeper closers to be closing in underneath. Well, so in this case, we're we're hitting the uh, the Y button on my Call of Duty controller, and we're, we're going to the um, we're we're going to the double, and okay. we're, we're going to single Shigera, and you know, with the theme of betting six hundred dollars each race, um, I, I don't love the structure, but I just kind of want to be alive to a horse that I love. So we're going to do a straight two hundred dollar double with uh, Shigera into verifying. Uh, national treasure, and unfortunately, we we have to use a little bit of cave rock here because we, we we don't want to get skunked if we have our you know mid eight to one horse win on a two hundred dollar bet that's probably going to pay somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to twelve to one. You right. Know, our our goal is to kind of get to ten grand on the first day of the Breeders' Cup, so um, that that's a defensive use on the cave rock side. But I, I do think verifying and national treasure have a, a pretty good shot at at a square price in this case. You know what? I actually, I think this is a skip race for me. And the reason being that there are so many Euro shippers and I will go ahead and say that I did not get all my replay homework in like I want to. So trying to lean into a horse here is just foolish because I'm betting on what I think someone told me the horse is going to run like, as opposed to what I've seen at my own eyes at this point. Now, Maybe tomorrow, after I've done a little bit of replay work, when I go in here and look at this, I might that might change. But for right now, I, I think it's a it's a pass. But Tommy likes the thirteen Jagera right now, eight to one. Julian Leperu up. Philip Bowers, the trainer, uh, like you mentioned, going back to the turf after the try in the Alcibiades uh, to what looks like the the more natural uh, you know surface for the horse. So I like it. I like the doubles, and I I I can't see a world where a double from Jagera into cave rock is so beat down that you can't use it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you really have to, it, it's hard to lean on chalk here, especially on the first day. Um, 
So you, you got to find for prices and, you know, you got to meet your goal of 10 grand, which is the goal that I always tried to go for. So it's, uh, it's, it's where I'm leaning in this case. So he's got his double going into the BC juvenile. So I, I got to break, this is the, the race on the card that I've, I've put the most attention into. And I did a little video with Sarah L. Bodway from horse racing nation face focusing specifically on this and I'm contrarian here against cave rock. Uh, and I've got a horse that I absolutely love that. I, I think I get a little bit of price float on and I'm going to uncork just a ungodly uh, trifecta here. Uh, use it using that horse as a, as a key in first, but Tommy set up this race for me. How did you think the BC juvenile plays out this year? Uh, it looks like just ample, ample, ample amounts of speed. There is so much speed signed up in this race. Um, it is almost hard to believe to think that a horse is going to carry it through. But then you have the fast track on big days, which I've historically leaned on, and it's it's worked out well. Um, but I, I do have to fade Cave Rock in this case. Um, you know, the, the horse has the fastest figures, of course, but you just kind of have to lean on it. From my perspective of the the six hundred dollars, you kind of have to maximize your value, and I I don't think there's much there. So I I love National Treasure, and I love the even more so love the the Brad Cox horse verifying, um, and that's going to be the third of my big plays into the double into the next race. You know um, I'm 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 not using verifying, and I feel like I'm I'm playing with fire because it's a Breeders' Cup in Kentucky in a Brad Cox horse. Yeah, most certainly so. I mean, this, this is backyard, and if you look back at historical Breeders' Cups, uh, the, the backyard trainers tend to have a stronger, you know, ROI than than the shippers. I'll say, especially shipping in from California. So, I. I'll be watching the the early part of the day really carefully because what I want to see is if speed carries like crazy all through the early part of the day. And the reason being that if it is, I could completely see this being a jockey overreaction race where everyone thinks that they have to send. And even if this race looks like it could blow up on paper, even with a biased track, that the jockeys will kind of manufacture a pace meltdown, even if the track wouldn't necessarily allow it to happen where everyone just goes full send the entire way. Cause I mean, I'm looking at the rail draw. We've got hurricane J who's legit sprinter with sprint speed. Who's drawn the rail and only has one place to go. And that's straight and fast. Uh, then you've got cave rock who definitely wants to be out on the lead. You've got verifying who looks like they wants to be out the lead because what Brad Cox horses do, they run fast early. Uh, and then you've also got, I mean, Talk about National Treasure, which I have to figure if National Treasure goes out and tries to duel with uh, with Cave Rock, that Bob might have someone in the fucking headlock uh, by, by, the, by the time they reach the paddock. Because, uh, you know, I, one of those horses is going to pull back, either that or like National Treasure is going to, you know, do a, what was it? Uh, who was the horse in the Belmont that ran the Green Bay, the Green Bay sweep? Oh, the, the Noble Indy horse. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. I, I could, I we'll could see back. something something like that happening, but I, I really love Forte here because I think this race falls right into, uh, right into the lap. The, the, you know, I, I'm not a, a big, uh, thoroughgraphs guy like, like Thomas. So he can maybe tell me if I'm misreading this a little bit, but it looks like 
on third graphs, this horse, despite the speed figures maybe not stacking up, actually very competitive. Uh, also, I like that the horse has won two races back on the 5th of September at Saratoga, one from the two-hole at seven furlongs at Saratoga, Saratoga. And I had a saying to get me through all of Saratoga meets, seven furlong races, one through three, dead to me, four or more big fucking scores. So it ran into the teeth of a bias on a sloppy sealed track and came from off the pace and won. Then... On October 8th, that Keeneland in the Breeders' Futurity comes from off the pace at Keeneland on the main track, which is also pretty hard to do as of late. So the horses ran into the teeth of a bias twice. So this is a horse I absolutely love, and I'm keying it on top in a trifecta. It's going to be a $100 trifecta, four, and then it's going to wheel into second, the three Cave Rock and the six Blazing Sevens, another horse that should be picking up the pieces late. And then in uh, third, I'll be using uh, Cave Rock, uh the five uh verifying the six blazing sevens and the 10 national treasure because i don't want to get other bobbed out of my huge trifecta play I, I like it and you know jason just reminded me that i forgot to uh give my my final play for this uh, oh yeah i thought so you were letting I, the, the suspense build so i was all i was you know all titillated ready to hear it oh well sorry sorry for the early early blast um uh, so I, in this case, I'm going to play a, a double and I'm going to fade cave rock and, and just, you know, hope that my opinion is right or expect that my opinion is right. And I'm going to play a hundred dollar double with verifying and national treasure into a couple horses. I like a lot in the next race. Uh, and those top two horses are being well-being and the winner is. Uh, defensively, I'm going to use Silver Knot, and then the fourth horse would be Major Dude. So I believe that's a $600 trifecta, $300 into three into four, or is that an 800? I believe it's a $600 trifecta. Okay, and give me the give me your uh, trifecta structure structure one more time. Yeah, oh, sorry, it's a double. Oh, your your double structure again? It's, yeah, uh, double. So it's it's verifying. So it's two into four. Okay. Just straight up two into four? Okay. Yeah, so it's going to be verifying and national treasure into well-being, and the winner is Silver Knot and Major Dude. Okay. And I like it. I, I, I like that you're utilizing the double, whereas I'm kind of keeping it narrow to single single races here. Like, I, it always seems like uh, I'm, I'm more focused on trying to play one, you know, basically just play the hell out of one race as opposed to stretching it out where – I mean, there's got to be value. There's got to be value in this double coming up with the, you know, the the juvenile turf with that size of field with that many European shippers. I like your idea of using doubles into these turf races, uh, into what races where we feel you feel more certain, like you know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and the whole point is is you want to build a bankroll going into Saturday because mm-hmm. the, the last the last thing you want is you get skunked on on Friday and it'd be down. You know, you have seventy five hundred bucks, so you're down to what you know, fifty six thousand bucks or whatever, whatever the math is. It you know, it it's it's kind of a defeating feeling, and I, I know that from having played this the first time I played this tournament. So I want to, uh, I want to build a bankroll to have the confidence to make, uh, you know, more plays going into Saturday. Nice. Now moving in race ten, it's the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. Going a mile. This is uh, I, I I picked out one horse here that I really like, and you actually brought it up 
it, it's not the your Euro shipper, but it's the uh, the American and the winner is. I, I don't know if I can turn away from what Oscar performance has done as a sire thus far, uh, which I believe Oscar performance was a was a juvenile winner uh, himself. So I was just a flat out straight up six hundred dollar win bet on and the winner is. I can get behind that. You know, this horse is going to get a lot of knock because, you know, he's a closer and he, he did the, you know, the fast-paced close. But, um, you know, as, as someone, one of my buddies pointed out to me earlier today, you know, that's what closers are supposed to do. Uh, yep. You know, the horse owns the fastest fig, you know, granted that with the wide trips. But it's, you know, it, it's a very genuine horse. It, it's really hard to knock this horse because he hasn't, gotten this set up and not performed so uh in what looks like a very fast pace uh probably a faster pace than the the, the turf sprint or or the philly race uh you know I, I could see them moving up front uh i also love the the dylan davis mark cassie horse web slinger that's, you know. that's an interesting one that I, I landed on, but I, I didn't use for some reason. I'm not I'm not sure because it's there. I think maybe I just had the blinders on with the, the Oscar perform, performance horse, and it might be one that I need to look deeper into. Well, Constitution does have very good numbers on the turf, uh, exceedingly numbers, exceedingly well numbers on the turf. Um, and he's been in, involved in all of his races, turf races. Uh, you know, you, you toss the Ellis Park race and you, you look back to the, you know, closes in, gets, you know, finishes second by a length at five and a half and then closes in at, at Monmouth you, you, to, to win the race. Yeah. So I mean, this horse has fight in him. Um, and, and that's that's very apparent by the, you know, the running lines. So I, I you kind of have to use this horse at the price. Mm-hmm. And I'm not totally convinced that Silver Nod is uh, such a lock that the um, pretty much all the Euros seem to get in this Breeders' Cup, you know, season, you know, right. this year and past years. Now, I, I will say my my genuine British person who uh, who who was on for my my uh, preview of the Euros on Monday, uh, he Silver Knot was one that he called out. That was was one that you you know had to look at at three to one. Uh, the, the, what I will say for silver, Knot is looking back through the past performances, the horse didn't like the, the soft ground at Doncaster. As soon as you put it on a little bit firmer turf at, uh, at new market, it gets back to its winning ways. So I, I could see silver, Knot ex- excelling over an American turf course a little bit, especially with how the weather's been at Keeneland. That turf should be fairly firm as opposed to, you know, previous years when we've seen a, a kind of just boggy, uh, turf course. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's usually had a little cut when it's been in Kentucky. Yeah, I, I guess like my my whole take against Silver Knot, even though I used him in my my double, is that you know the, the cat's kind of out of the bag on Appleby, overtaking okay. O'Brien as the elite Euro trainer, you know, sh- shipping to North America. So I, I feel like he's probably just most likely going to be overbet. Um, this is so for me. It's. It, it's kind of like a lukewarm take against, if you will. Sure. Uh, but I, I, I do like the, the six and the, you know, and the winner is in, in the, the 10. I mean, if you, if you watch the 10s replays, which uh, we, we did on Sunday, I believe, that, that horse has to fight. Yeah. Um, so so that, that's, that's, a, that's a horse worth looking at. 
I probably need to look. I'll, I'll tell you exactly what happened. I know why I discounted the horse, and it's funny because you you brought this up earlier, and it's something that you're you're leaning into. Is is Monmouth was the the key route apparently for the for the BC you know the the Breeders Cup. So I like that you're leaning into your your Monmouth opinion with a horse that won last out at Monmouth. I'm apparently too much of a Naira fanboy that I get you know anything across the across the river in New Jersey. I I fade for some reason, but probably should look deeper into it. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I had Ren Carruthers on, she went on and on about the, the pedigree for her and the winner is something she mentioned about Oscar performances as he, as well as he's performed as a first crop sire, his second book of mares might be even freakier. So that second crop might be even nastier somehow. Yeah. It, he's an interesting sort because they, he didn't retire last year. So, so they kind of let him, you know, go be a horse and then you know, go make the babies. Um, and, and you see these uh, stud farms do this sort of thing where they, you know, give the horse a break and then line up the book. And their their first book is, you know, usually outstanding and then it builds up the price and whatnot. So it's a, it's an interesting case. I mean, same case goes with uh, Sharp Azteca. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, so that is all of the... Future Stars Friday, Breeders' Cup races. Let's go ahead. Let's recap our bets real quick. We started in race six. I was a straight-up win bet on the Platinum Queen for 300, and then I was an exacta for 150-12 with 7-9. What was your race six play, Tom? It was a uh, so it's a trifecta with Love Reigns and Speedboat Beach on top, and then we're going to key American Apple in second with Sharp as a Tech, Private Creed, Oxymore, and Dramatize. For forty dollar base, and then we're going to flip second and third to make it up to about a three hundred and sixty dollar base, if my math serves me correctly. All right, and six hundred and sixty dollar base. Okay, and I, I believe we both skipped out on race seven, or did you start a double here? Uh, nope, I skipped the uh, Philly Dirt. Okay, so we moved on to race eight. Uh, let's see. For me, race eight was a. Ended up passing. I ended up passing on race eight. You had doubles that kicked off in race eight, correct? Yeah, I, I had a two hundred dollar double into uh, with Jagira, singling Jagira into Cave Rock, uh, verifying in National Treasure. So race nine, the uh, juvenile uh, for me was uh, I, I was all in on Forte, and I structured a trifecta, a uh, hundred dollar trifecta using Forte Keat on top four over three six over three five six ten, and Tommy uncorked another double. Yep. So the double was a hundred dollar base and uh, the math might be wonky here, but don't judge me. Uh, so it's uh, verifying a national treasure into well-being and the winner is silver knot and major dude. Which I think works out to about $800. Uh, if it's double. 800. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So if it's $800 for, for the sake of uh, the show, we'll, we'll knock off major dude there. Okay. But I, I, you know, uh, re- I'd like to give respect to Major Dude. Yeah. Uh, so, so if you're if you're playing at home and you're not playing in the BC BC, throw in Major Dude. If you have rules to to abide by, like you would be playing in the BC BC. If you're listening, if you're playing in the BC BC, I don't know why you're fucking listening to me. Uh, you know, drop out Major me. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever, Tommy. We we. I want confidence out of you going into this weekend. So move <laughs> moving on. Race Ted. We wrapped it up with the BC Juvenile Turf. And I was just a flat out three or sorry, six hundred dollar win bet on the Oscar performance baby 
the cleverly named and the winner is. And, and you just wrapped is, up your doubles, right? Or you had one yeah, more? Yeah, I had wrapped up my doubles. And, you know, I'll probably play some action bets at the prices. So I'm, it's so hard to tell at these Keenan races with the, the morning lines, you know, what price are you going to get? But I, I would keep an eye on on well-being and, and the winner is and see where their prices drift up or down. Uh, 20 to 1 on well-being is, is worth a bet for anybody, whether you're playing in the contest or not. There we go. I love this. We look at us just knocking out, just knocking out Future Stars Friday. I love the game. I love the hustle, man. So, uh, you want to take a quick peek forward into Saturday? Is there anybody that you're just super excited to bet on Saturday? Uh, there's a couple horses that I I tend to enjoy. Uh, so the first one is in the BC Mile. I, I think simplification has a pretty good shot in the dirt mile excuse me uh it's gonna be a square price it's cutting back i love three-year-olds cutting back in this race and i think this horse needed the cutback you know since before it ran to the derby so I, I think this one has a pretty good shot and i think it speaks volumes to the the point that you made earlier about you know speed you know the jockey seeing speed and kind of sending it too early so, right. so that's one price i really liked um clearly clear clarity air excuse me in the uh distaff and you know this i, I don't have a penny in the turf just yet so i'll tell you what I guess I, simplification I, is my best bet i i settled in in the in the distaff there there are two longer shots that i i'm actually excited about and it's blue stripe i love blue stripe and then i also uh kind of like taking the shot with uh society on the outside just just hard send uh giving you know nest something to chase uh in the in the turf i'll tell you what man this might be my my longest odds pick uh i love stone age 15 to 1 right now godolphin horse or sorry peter brant horse aiden o'brien uh i think the horse was running on soft turf uh at, in uh in uh, the UK, and I think he's going to hit the the firmer turf and just r- run his race. And uh, you know, I can't count out Aiden O'Brien and Ryan Moore, right? No, you can't. And uh, as a word to the wise, I think last year Ryan, Ryan Moore hit the board at thirty to one on the undercard. Yep. So uh, if you see Ryan Moore on the undercard, bet it. That's, there we go. That's that's all I can say. I mean, I, I haven't really kept the uh, the turf too much. I've been focused on the two-year-olds this far. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us here at the Notorious OTB. Man, man, this has just been, first of all, it, I, I've lost, I lost a little bit of touch with Tom. I try to check in as much as I can, uh, but, you know, it's it's good to to talk to you again. Uh, it, we should we should talk, you know, every once every year like we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, likewise, man. It's, uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for joining. And, uh, dude, just... If you're listening, we've got so much great Breeders' Cup coverage this entire week. Go back, listen to our build-up to the Breeders' Cup uh, you know, three-part series where we had Ren Carruthers take a look at the pedigree angles for this Future Stars Friday. We had Caleb Knight come in, give his, his forgotten five horses that he thinks are going to float up in the odds because they're just not taking any steam. And then uh, Malcolm Bamford, our, our man in Newcastle, uh, came in and gave us uh, you know, his, his tips on Euro shippers. 
And uh, we got Tommy here on, on BBW Bankroll Builder Wednesday. We'll have Ryan Dickey for the uh, for the uh, Breeders' Cup Pick Six on Friday. This is all sorts of shit, man. I don't, I don't know what else to say other than uh, you look go. good. Right. You look good. You look good, Tommy. I'm glad you got on here. I've been meaning to have you on for forever. That's gonna be it for us here at the Notorious OTB. We will catch you again on Friday. We'll see you next time.